Wet Paint by Lyle Arad A Short Reading The girl with the guest list gestures vaguely towards a staircase leading down to the basement. The light dims quickly from the neon glow of the entrance hall to the darkness awaiting below. The guests grope the wall for a light switch as they descend. They grope each other accidentally, apologising with nervous laughter. A bottleneck forms on the landing at the bottom of the stairs. People are taking their time, wary of being duped. They crack open the door, trying to make out what lies beyond, but it's equally dark on the other side. They finger their phones in their pockets, sweat over the strength of their 24-hour deodorant. Finally they enter, full of hope, bracing themselves for disappointment. The room is long and narrow, like a swimming pool. A bar runs along the back wall closest to the door and there's some sort of stage at the opposite end, hard to make out with so little light. Other than that, the space appears completely empty, not a chair in sight, just an overwhelming smell of paint bouncing off the walls, black paint by the looks of it, thickly covering the brickwork. A4 sheets are tacked around the room, lit up by dim spotlights. Wet paint, they say. The paper is scruffy, the handwriting childish. It looks convincing. Messy black drips dot and stripe the edge of the concrete floor below. It must be a joke. It's the name on the invite. They wouldn't dare. Those brave enough to protrude an index finger soon find out. Others try posting the evidence. Hashtag Black Cube Gallery. Hashtag Nowhere to Lean. Hashtag Sponsored by Dulux only to realise there's no phone signal. A woman in tight white trousers stays safely in the centre. The crowd quickly gravitates towards the bar, bees to honey swarming around. Anglepoise lamps light up the bartenders, two men, two women, each more glamorous than the next. They're dressed in identical black suits and have seemingly gone through some sort of audition process, They give the impression of actors performing the role of barmen soon to be revealed as MI5 agents. Their smiles are slinky, conspiratorial. They make the guests feel red hot. Help yourself, they gesture, whipping out an endless supply of Bloody Marys, the only drink on offer. People reach for their wallets and are quickly waved off. They reach for their phones, forgetting there's no service. They suck on their paper straws, ignoring their acid reflux and antibiotics. They go back for more, freezing out tomorrow's 9am, flirting for extra Worcester sauce. In the corner, at the far end of the bar, a tall DJ stands on a tiny platform. He's wearing a faded denim jacket and spinning some not very loud music on his flashy Technics. His dark blonde hair is ruffled under his big headphones and he never looks up. Vampire Weekend is crossfading into Mungo Jerry. His expression is solemn, at odds with the music he's playing. The guests take his lead, checking each other out with narrowed eyes, going for gravitas. It is a well-moisturised crowd, that was clear from the queue, but they look even smoother in the dark. Out on the street they'd been reluctant allies, as doubtful of each other as they were of themselves. Down by the bar, balancing their booze, they are colluders of cool. They are insiders, now that they are inside. Aggressive air conditioning fires straight into the field of bare calves. The chill digs its heels in despite the growing mass of bodies. 
Even as the space fills up, there is enough room to manoeuvre with only the gentlest brush of a stranger's shoulder. The guests move slowly, heedfully, one foot at a time. No pushing and shoving, no group hugs, no friction to start the fire. Whenever the temperature begins to creep up, cold blasts shoot across the floor, keeping everyone on their toes. Nipples perk up, wedding rings come loose. The heat of the day is a distant memory. Any sense of time and location quickly fades away. There's going to be a performance. That is the whisper going around. With drinks in hand, the guests begin spreading out into the space. The current pulls them straight down the centre of the room like a sand timer, avoiding the wet walls and dropping them off at the opposite end. Focus soon shifts to the stage, which is lit by something as dim as a camping torch about to run out of juice. Enough light for someone to not fall off the edge, just. It's not very high, a metre maybe, and almost completely bare except for a lone vocal mic and a transparent lectern, just off centre and very near the front. It looks as though a presentation might soon begin, a lecture perhaps. I hope there isn't a thank you speech. Maybe we've been suckered into a Scientology conference. Dear God, is someone going to recite poetry? They wait for the big reveal, amusing their partners with suggestions, getting high on the suspense. Needless to say, there is none of the usual pre-gig camaraderie amongst punters who've already stood a good half hour through a non-convincing support act in order to save front spots to watch their favourite band. No sticky floor, no body odour, no, have you seen them before? I've seen them four times, each was completely different. None of that chat. There is a little, did you get the invitation in the post? Yep. And a bit of, any idea what's going to? Nope. Yet as they wait in parallel, facing forward side by side, the guests are definitely enjoying a shared experience. There's a communal anticipation, maybe even an embracing of the fact that they are being manipulated. No London cynicism, no questions asked. People are going with it. Like arriving in a city for the first time, or getting into a club with fake ID, excitement and promise dominate. Everyone knows they are lucky to be there, and nobody knows why.